Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr., and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week, I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon, where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron, and you get this uh, whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. My guest this week is an actor, a singer. They are an award-winning composer. They are a piano bar entertainer, and they are by far my favorite Brooklynite. Please welcome G to the show, everybody. Hello. Hello. I, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this episode. Me too. As I said, excited and scared, but it's fine. It's great. So on this podcast, um, we we do love a good origin story. Uh, so where did you come from? How did you get here? Oh, oh my gosh, the question. Um, well, um, my my mother was a jackal, and my father, of course, was a fist. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> no, I'm a I'm originally from a small town in Washington State. Um, grew up in like the middle of the woods, so uh, definitely spent most of my childhood being uh, afraid of getting abducted by aliens. Um, disappointingly, though, that never happened. Um, and, uh, you know, I grew up out there, um, small town, middle of nowhere, um, did uh, music growing up, piano lessons, um, started singing when I was in high school, took voice lessons. Uh, started doing theater when I was in high school, all that good stuff. And uh, when I was in college, I came to New York for a spring break trip. And um, I just absolutely fell in love with it when I was here and uh, decided that I needed to live here. So I uh, went back and decided to transfer schools. And I went to a school here in New York uh, that nobody has ever heard of called AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. It's a little bit of a joke because everybody uh, goes there for <laughs> theater school. Um, I actually and, had a um, friend in high school who went to AMDA. Look, there you go. See, See, it's always one degree when it comes to AMDA, if you if it's a theater person in New York. Um, but I went there um, for two semesters and uh, unfortunately I had to leave because I had a back injury. But um, after I healed from that, I just started working mostly in like piano bars and um, doing theater here and there and doing a lot of music direction. And um, that's it. And now here I am in the basement of my <laughs> apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> so as, as a piano bar entertainer, um, what is, is there a song that you just absolutely will not do, but either because you're sick of it or you hate it? Yeah, there are there I there isn't really a song that I won't do, um, but there are songs that cost a lot more money for me to do than other ones that people will not pay for. So that's kind of my way to get out of it. I have two songs on a four hundred dollar tip list, and they are Freebird and WAP. <laughs> Those are the two. Um, that's that's fair. Look, if somebody wants to give me four hundred bucks, I will do either one of those songs. But otherwise, there aren't really. Um, there aren't really songs that I, that I will just flat out refuse unless I really don't know them. Then I will say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. 
but I know this song by the same artist or something similar, that sort of a thing. But my kind of uh, angle with it is that like I'm I'm there to be the human jukebox. So if people put money in the jukebox, you're going to get the song that you want for the most part. Um, What's your what's your favorite song to do? My favorite song. See, this is like the hardest question. This is the hardest request I get too. What is your favorite song? Because there are so many genres, so many decades, so many <laughs> artists. There's just too much to choose from. Um, but I think like in general, I really love doing Elton John stuff. So like throw me an Elton John song and I am there for it pretty much no matter what it is. Um, but that, I mean, there are some of the standards that there's they're they're still fun because it's always for a different audience but that always get requested so walking in memphis i've done probably a hundred million times piano man i would be fine with never doing it again <laughs> but <laughs> people pay you money to do it so you do it um you know there's stuff like that that's sort of like okay i could go without doing this tonight but inevitably it's going to get asked but i will i will do whatever anybody wants uh i say there's very little i won't do for a dollar there's literally nothing i won't try for a 20 and you can ask anybody at port authority about that <laughs> um so about walking in memphis uh because it's actually one of my favorite songs um do you do the original or the share cover I basically do the original, but I do throw in a little share after the gospel little bridge section, because uh, that's usually where I'll take a shot or something and um, become share for a moment. Uh, I spend most of the song as uh, Muriel uh, playing piano. <laughs> <laughs> so my dream role, my dream role. So tell us about um, your an award-winning composer. Um, and I have just completely blanked on the name of the musical that you were, um, Cookie Soiree. Tell yes. us about Cookie Soiree. Okay, so Cookie Soiree, Soiree, Soiree is a 10-minute uh, musical short that I wrote with my writing partner, Justin Anthony Long. And um, uh, we originally met doing, uh, I was subbing for a class, a musical theater class for kids in New Jersey, and he was teaching. And... Um, we met and after a couple of days, he was like, hey, there's this uh, 10 minute musical theater festival that's going on. And I was thinking about submitting for it. Do you and I have an idea. Do you write music? And I was like, yes, I write music. What's your idea? And he told me what it was about these Girl Scouts based on a true story. I might add true events. Um, he so he asked if I would want to do it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then he was like, OK, it's due in two days. We have to do we have to send this in. <laughs> Uh, two days from now. And I was like, okay, great. So he sent me over the book and the lyrics and I read through it and immediately we, it clicked. Um, and uh, I wrote the music, sent it back. He was like, great. We submitted it um, to the first festival and we won that competition, which was really awesome. And then we submitted it to another theater festival through Theater Now New York. Uh, and it was accepted into the festival that year. And um after uh, a few years, uh, Theater Now New York decided to take a lot of their 10-minute musicals and put them into an anthology and then license them. Um, and, and so that is where it is now. It's uh, available in the Theater Now New York 10-minute musical theater uh, anthology, and it can be licensed through MTI. And so it's getting um, performed like throughout the country. It's been had a premiere performance in Mexico a few months ago, so they did a Spanish translation of it. So 
Now we don't have to, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, and um, we're really excited about it. And um, now we're starting to work on our next project, which we're also excited about. So we're just excited. <laughs> Yay! So since you've since you've written a musical about Girl Scouts, um, I. Will you consider writing the musical version of Troop Beverly Hills? Do you know that I have been asked that question more than once? Have you really? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really good friend who was like, uh, we should write Troop Beverly Hills. And um, I think uh, I think somebody's already done it. Oh, um, really? I think so. I think that that's the roadblock that we came upon. But I mean, look, there are two wild parties. There's the Lippa wild party and the Lachusa wild party. Lachusa, Lachusa. Musical theater Twitter is going to be upset with my not being able to pronounce his name. Anyway, there's two wild parties. So why can't there be two right. Beverly Hills? And I mean, I feel like, you know, I assume that not many people have heard of the one that's already been written. So, you know. Agreed. The, so the door is there. Ours is going to be the famous one. Ours will be the Lippa of Troop Beverly Hills. Exactly. So speaking of um, kind of cult followings, uh, the trailer for Being the Ricardos, uh, the Amazon original movie about Lucille Ball dropped <laughs> um, this week. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and people had thoughts. I I had thoughts. Uh, none of them were good. Um, what's your What's your take on <laughs> this? What appears to be just an absolute disaster. I can't wait. First and foremost, I'm so excited to watch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really I love Nicole Kidman, but definitely this is like uh, there is. I mean. The, the the screenshot that I see more than anything is just that one of her face, you know, sort of head on. And it's just very uncanny valley. It's very it's giving Dear Evan Hansen 2021 <laughs> <laughs> sort of like vibes to it with the. So um, but I, I mean, I, I I am hopeful that she'll give a good performance. You know, I'm I guess it's sort of like you don't necessarily have to look exactly like the person or in this case, anything like the person and. It's fine. Um, I'm loving the memes about it. I uh, so I appreciate that. I like seeing like that disaster of a of a Lucille Ball statue that was made a number of years ago, and being oh, like, yeah. this is what she looks like. Um, so I'm enjoying all of that. I mean, I love trash, terrible movies. So if it's trash and ter- terrible, I'm 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 here for it. If it's good, I'm here for that too. Um, but you know, I suppose we'll see. I'm just like a lot of people. I feel like I'm just kind of like, well, Deborah Messing was right there, um, but that's fine. That's fine. I guess me. I don't know if she's canceled. I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't followed her career, so. Yeah, I just and there. I feel like there was somebody dropped the ball in casting on this because. You know, not only is Nicole Kidman definitely not winning a Lucille Ball lookalike <laughs> contest, um, Javier Bardem as mm-hmm. Desi Arnaz yes. was yeah. was a choice. It was a choice. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where that's where Jeff Bezos, Papa 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 Bezos, is putting his billions of dollars. I guess. 
I, you know, if, if, if you squint, I, I guess <laughs> it's, it's there. I, I mean, yeah, that's why I I'm going to watch it like super stoned and without my glasses on. I just wonder, like it, it begs the question, was no one else available? It does. And maybe that's the case, you know, maybe Deborah Messing wasn't available. Maybe they asked her and she said, no, I'm so sorry. I'm just not, I'm not free at that time. And Nicole said, I, I got you. I could do this. Right. I'm... I wonder if Nicole is like a producer on the film. Maybe I haven't or looked if, at any of that. Or if like maybe business. like Keith Urban backed it or something. Maybe, maybe this was one of those like vanity projects. I'm going to go ahead and say Keith Urban, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. He he was a backer, um, probably wrote the song to go over the credits, hoping right. for that Oscar, you know. But, you know, shout out to Keith Urban for keeping 90s lesbian fashion alive. Uh, we appreciate him for that. Thank you, Keith. Yes, nobody, nobody rocks a, a shag bob and a leather jacket quite like Keith Urban. That truer words <laughs> never been spoken. Um, so also speaking on questionable uh, casting choices, uh, recently the trailer for the new Princess Diana film yes. has dropped. Uh, the movie's yes. titled Spencer, and it stars of all fucking people, uh, Kristen Stewart. Um, do you Do you have thoughts on that? Um, I, I feel like Kristen Stewart's come a long way since her breakout role in uh, Viva Rock Vegas, the Flintstones too. So I'm really excited for this for her. Um, I have not seen all of her work. The things that I have seen her in though, I feel like I do enjoy. Um, so I'm, I am interested. I am interested in this film. Um, I do think that she is an actress who can bring uh, some of her own, you know, you're supposed to bring some of yourself to whatever role you're doing. And I feel like she sort of got that uh, just kind of like she does the work and uh, she um, I feel like is humble about herself. I've never seen her in any way seem like she's, you know, hoity toity or egotistical at all. Um, and and uh yeah, I mean, the things, like I said, the things I've seen her in, I do enjoy her in, but, you know, I've never seen the Twilights, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle so far, right? I, I enjoyed her in um, The Runaways. I, I actually, I, you know, oh, yes. I'm she not, was a, Jack, not a right? huge fan. Yeah, um, but she, I, I felt like she was, she was really good in, at embodying Joan Jett in that, Um my my concern with Spencer is that in the trailer you only see her for like 10 seconds and she doesn't speak right <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's kind of the same thing that happened with the like teaser trailer for being the Ricardos is that you know you saw a glimpse of Nicole Kidman as Lucy and she didn't speak. Right. And it was like the back of her head. Yeah. So I just, I, I worry. Um, I have high hopes for her because I think that she is a really great actress. I think 
in a lot of ways, she's probably a little underrated. I think that people tie her a lot to being in Twilight, kind of like with that, uh, what's his face? Um, Robert Pattinson, um, sort of same thing. But like, I think that she's a good actress. And I feel like, um, I think um, I have high hopes. I have high hopes. I don't know if she's going to be great, but I think that she, I mean, people are already Oscar buzz is what they're saying. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. She's going to be up against some tough contenders, Lady Gaga and others, I assume. I I have heard that Lady Gaga is fantastic in um, House of Gucci. Yeah. Yeah. I have I'm... heard no in between. It's either she's really great <laughs> and she chews up the scenery in a wonderful, campy way, or it's this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, which is why I'm wondering if she's going to make history as the fourth actor ever to be nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie for the same role possible this is is true and i i feel like lady gaga is that kind of actor like you either just she's very polarizing like she she chews up the scenery and she's just high camp and hilarious or you can't stand her but you talk about her yes we do. We do talk about the mother monster. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that. That that is one that I might I might go to the theater. I haven't been to the theater in over, you know, a year. But for, for Gaga, I might do it. I don't know yet. We'll see. The last movie I saw in the theater was Cats. <laughs> so I oh, got I gotta see oh, wow. something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't leave it on that note. That was that was a choice like that that whole film there were there were choices made and none of them were good (laughs) i you know i i adore jennifer hudson but i just i that was i don't know that that was the best choice for her yeah um times is hard Um, actually, while we're on the subject of um, castings, and uh, this is something I didn't uh, include, uh, the cast for the long-awaited, or rather the leads, for the long-awaited Wicked film uh, have been announced. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Cynthia Erivo and um, Ariana Grande. Um, yes. Cynthia Erivo will actually be the first Black woman to play Alphaba in any incarnation um are you are you excited about the wicked film at all i am uh, uh i'm super interested in it i've i'm a bad uh theater gay and i've actually never seen the show um so i i might not be as excited as as like you know die hard wicked on broadway fans um but i do it is one of my uh it's it's a Stephen Schwartz score that I enjoy quite a lot and um I'm interested to see how they're going to bring it to 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 the to the screen um that is something that I'm really interested in um I feel like those are excellent choices and so I'm I'm excited to see who else they cast I think that the petition against uh, casting James Corden is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, please keep this man out of this musical. Um, not so not every movie musical needs James Corden. 
Not everyone. Less than half of them. Really, he's done enough. I I would say. Right. Let's like let the prom be his opus and done. Um, but no, I am I am pretty excited about. It. I love the book. Um, and uh, I I'm I'm excited. I'm also excited about about the fact that that we seem to be in like a new era of the movie musical, which I think is really really cool. Um. Especially because we had like we we got to the the peak I would say with Chicago and then like movie musicals after that kind of went downhill for a long time and um, maybe had a little spike here and there of a couple that weren't terrible but nothing that was like the classic movie musical so I'm um, oh and then of course we reached our peak again with Cats 2019 <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I I am really excited about about that I, I'm I'm really. I think it's really cool that we have a, a new generation of of musical theater performers and uh, people who are interested in getting into theater who ha- who are going to have their movie musicals. Um, I just think that's really cool. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm thrilled about Wicked. I'm really excited about West Side Story. Um, you know, I, I hope that they keep doing doing this this stuff. Yeah, I remember I saw I saw the show Wicked. And then I read the book and I was, the book is kind of dark. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I appreciate that it was, you know, kind of cleaned up for the family. Um, right. When it moved to the stage. Um, I, spoiler alert, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with, uh, that they changed the ending, gave it kind of a happy ending um, because it ends on on a pretty bleak note. Uh, the book does. Uh, the yes, the stage show. Elphaba uh, gets her happy ending. Um, she gets her happy ending. Fierro's alive, even though he's the scarecrow. He's the scarecrow. Like I'm pretty sure in the book, it's kind of maybe hinted at, but but it it I feel like he's dead. <laughs> like yeah, kill him. yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> they 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 pretty explicitly like he's he's explicitly murdered in the book. Yeah. Um, so, who yeah. do you who do you think should play Fierro? Who who are you hoping they cast? <sighs> and don't say me. Don't say me. <laughs> um. I I really kind of I want somebody like from Broadway. Uh, I feel like maybe an Isaac Cole Powell or mm-hmm. um, definitely not Ben Platt. Um, no, definitely Ben Platt. I want. I just want Ben Platt's hair from Dear Evan Hansen will be playing the role of Fiero. yes, yes, yeah. Um, Actually, the Dear Evan Hansen wig uh, they've just announced will be cast in all the roles. Uh, it will it will be a one man show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> History making. Yes. Speaking, of, have you have you ever considered doing a a one person show? Have I ever considered doing a one person show? I have uh, often uh, thought about doing like a cabaret or putting together something. Um, it's, uh, definitely something that I would like to do. Um, my biggest fear is just that nobody would come. So I'm like, okay. Um, though I'm used to performing for audiences of hardly anybody. Um, but it is something I thought about. Uh, last year during the quarantine, I did a, um, a holiday, virtual holiday cabaret that I filmed and put together 
That was um, a lot of fun. Technically, it wasn't a one-person show because Alexa, Amazon's Alexa, starred in it as well as my co-star. <laughs> um, but that was a lot of fun to do. So um, yeah, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about it. We'll see. Uh, the booking manager at the piano bar I work at. He's asking me often, are you, "When are you going to do a show?" I'm like, "I'll tell you later. I'll, I'll decide. I'm going to do something." And then I'm and I'm just the same thing. Oh God, no one's going to come. <laughs> Story of my life. I would I would make the trip to New York. Oh, you would? I would absolutely. Oh, okay, well yeah. then I'll do it. Yay! All right, we, we'll bring. You heard our... it here first, everyone. That's right. We got the exclusive. <laughs> The exclusive here. I'll do one in. Uh, we'll do a spring, a spring, a spring show. Yes. Speaking of, you said you did a a holiday thing, uh, and while we're talking about one person shows, um, I kind of want you to do like one of those like old school Hollywood like Christmas specials, very like where like the celebrity was the host and they were, they were having like their little Christmas at home and like all their celebrity guests would just show up and hi, hello, and sing us a song. Like I've, I can see you doing I, that. And I, I like be... that too. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Something like that. Let's um, we'll just have, we'll get the money together. Uh, let me get, uh, let me get Spielberg on the horn, Steven. That's right. And uh, we'll put it together. I did music direct a show that was a little bit like that once upon a time, and I played Liberace. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Christmas with the Crawfords, it was called, starring Joey oh, wow. Arias and uh, Chris March before he passed away. May his memory be a blessing. And um, it, like shows like that are a lot of fun, I feel. <laughs> so it definitely, we'll put that together, you and I. Absolutely. For next, for next, for next season. Yes. Yes, uh, we're we're a little late on the on the jump on that one. <laughs> so we have come to the point in the show where I dive into my inbox and pull out an email from a listener, um, not one where they are cussing me out for being a hardcore Democrat or anything like that. <laughs> um, this is one of the ones where they ask a question and not ask me for feet pics. Um, hi, Jerry. Oh, you're listening. Uh, <laughs> so this week's question comes to us from Katie in Wyoming. Hello, Katie. Thank you for listening. Um, hi, Katie. Hi. Katie would like to know if you think the bipartisan infrastructure deal is really that big of a deal. I think it's a big fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's just sort of an objective uh, fact. Um, I know that there is talk on in the Twitterverse, um, but I really think you're going to see it, uh, over the coming months and year where, when it's really starting to make, uh, impacts in people's lives that people are really going to understand what, what a big deal it is. Um, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest investment in infrastructure in decades ever. Um, so um, I'm super excited about the prospect of like going home to visit my family and having a reliable internet connection. <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> we can all, we can all visit our parents and have Wi-Fi that works. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, but like even here in New York, we're already, uh, feeling some of the effects of it where it's like, uh, the MTA is not going to hike the, the price of a Metro card this year, which is great because it's already, you know, 
it's too expensive as it is. But also, um, they're going to be able to finally finish the Second Avenue line, um, and uh, they're going to be able to make. Um, they're using a lot of the money for upgrading stations to be accessible, to add elevators, to fix elevators, um, stuff like that. So, um, it's it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, and I I I I don't understand anyone that thinks otherwise. I don't get it. I don't. I mean. For some people, I do understand why they're doing that, but um, it's just so silly to me. It's so silly. It's a great thing that we should be celebrating. There's no reason that we should <laughs> be acting like it's not going to change a lot of people's lives. Um, so there are there were certain members of um, Congress who um, voted against the bill because it wasn't uh, pushed through along with the build back better framework. Um, mm. There are, there are a lot of opinions both ways on that. Um, what is, what is your take on those particular Democrat votes? I think it was a silly thing to do. I understand why they did it. I still think it was a silly thing to do. Um, I, I, I feel like you are sent to Congress to make tough decisions and you are sent to Congress to, um, to lead on issues. I don't know that voting against something like this is really the kind of message that needs to be sent out there on the leadership front and on the getting things done front. So, um, I, I sort of feel like, um, there is definitely a place for levels of activism, even if you're in Congress. Uh, but I don't think that the vote is the time to do it. I think that that is a time when you need to make a choice and you need to make a, a smart and good choice, um, one that is good for your constituents, especially. So um, any no vote on that is, in my opinion, not in the interest of your constituents, no matter where you are. Or who you are, because you have constituents that are going to benefit greatly from that particular piece of legislation. And if you know that the other thing that you are saying that you needed to be passed along with it or passed first for it to make a difference, if you know that that is going to make its way through in the next few weeks or a couple months, like what is just 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 vote for it <laughs> so it's 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 going to be in my in my opinion it's going to be a little silly when build back better passes anyway and you know then it then it's sort of like well what was the point of all of that what 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 was the purpose um and uh yeah i mean if and you know like you said people have their thoughts and their opinions on on the issue on in a lot of uh different ways but at the end of the day, um, the the optics of voting no for it are not great, um, and and just the idea that you would vote against the interests of your constituents is, to me, not uh, not great either. Do you feel like there's um, while we're on the subject of these these specific people? Um, do you think there there is too there are too many like purity tests in our politics today? Um, 
I think that there is a faction that has too too much as far in as far as purity politics goes, and um, I don't think that there is. Uh, I don't think anything good can come from a vi- uh, from from an all or nothing uh, stance on on any of this. Um, there are certain issues where I definitely feel like yes, you need to be on board with this. I don't think our tent is big enough to to, to not be on board with this. So like, um, uh, and I, I think most recently there have been a few Democratic candidates who, for example, are not, uh, who are anti-choice. And I personally don't feel like the tent is big enough for that. Now, I do understand that running as a Democrat in, a, in, a, in an area where that is not going to be a winning issue, um, you might do what you need to do to try to win. But at the same time, I don't think that we should, um, I, I, I don't think that we should give up our principles in that way for 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 certain issues, even if it is something that, you know, if you're, if you feel like it's an issue that's not going to win you the race, um, who ca- who cares? Like, why, why, why give up that principle, you know? So um, there are certain issues that I think are definitely like this, sh- I feel like should be, it's part of the party platform. I feel like we should be united in this. Um, but then uh, with some stuff like the most recent vote, um, I think that that is a, 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 a an instance of which the all or nothing mentality is just silly. I think that there isn't when it comes to like um, uh, health insurance or healthcare, um, like making our way to uh, a universal healthcare system. I think that there are people who are too all or nothing with that issue. And so they won't take the steps necessary to get there. They want to go from zero to 60 when you cannot do that in a system that works at a glacial pace. So, um, yeah, I think it just kind of depends on what the issue is. And um, I wouldn't say it's an overall general sort of thing, uh, at least with, with within the Democratic Party. I, I feel like it's um, certain certain factions that... Um, talk a lot don't really do do much and <laughs> at the end of the day it doesn't matter anyway so um now do something twitter uh and for those of you who are not on twitter uh do something twitter is a corner of the twitterverse where um people scream at the government on twitter uh to do whatever it is uh their current pet project is that week um, do something Twitter has had a hell of a week because they spent <laughs> the better part of the last month um, claiming that the DOJ would not enforce uh, the congressional subpoenas. Um, and as we have seen, Steve, Bat- Steve Bannon, um, the seventh Horcrux, has turned himself <laughs> in. Um <laughs> Why Why do you think that there are people who make it their entire personality to scream at government officials on social media? Um, I feel like there are a few, <laughs> a few different reasons. I think that uh, when it comes to the uh, to the people that are sort of leading those charges, so like those, you know, blue check do not do sorry do something twitters um uh their interest is is money their 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 motivation is clicks and and uh, engagement and selling books and things like that 
And um, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Terry Canefield. And um, if you if you don't follow her, I would highly recommend following her because she is basically the anti do something. Um, she has uh, podcast podcast videos on YouTube. Um, she transcribes all her videos so you can read them, and she's very informative. Um, but uh, she talks about how um, it's a lot easier to drum up anger and uh, um, I don't want to say like a hatred, but I mean, there is, I think, on some level, these people, for whatever reason, like they hate the attorney general um, because they don't think he's working or whatever. So I guess I will put that out there. Um, but it's a lot easier to drum that emotion up. It's it's not as you're not going to get as much engagement if you are just like, this is what's happening. This is how it works. Calm down. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> knock it off. Um, so um, for those people, uh, you know, the Kenziors, the Menches, the... Uh, that troll from Lincoln Project, I can't remember his name, um, <clears throat> Rick Wilson. Yeah. Um, you know, they, um, uh, Don Winslow, they do it for engagement clicks to rile people up to get money. Um, but the unfortunate thing is that you have a lot of people who definitely do feel a sense of hopelessness. And I think it's probably a little bit left over from the, you know, 2015 on um, through today. Um, and they were told for so long by these people that they trusted that, uh, things would happen and things would happen quickly. Um, and so because things don't happen quickly when it comes to, uh, the law, and especially when it comes to this level, uh, you know, the, pre the former president of the United States is not going to be indicted and arrested and put through a trial uh, uh, within a year of his leaving office. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, so, but they've put their trust in these people that are that have told them this stuff for a long time. And um, uh, there are a lot of people out there that need something to hold on to and they need something to believe in. And um, uh, when it doesn't happen, you know, they get upset about it. <laughs> and... Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that people can be sort of um, misled so easily um, and fooled so easily, uh, especially when we all have every piece of information we could ever need uh, at our fingertips. It's not hard to find this stuff out, to read up on on how these things work. It's not a difficult thing to do. But a lot of people feel like they are following these experts and, you know, they know better. So... Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know, one part money for the, <laughs> for a lot of the people that are leading the charges and then for the people that are following them, it's that they're, they're sort of desperate people who want, uh, who want to see something happen. And they, they want to see something happen because they think that if, that if, you know, if they, they think if Donald Trump went to prison, uh, everything would change. And, um, they don't understand that a lot of it would not like at all there's there it's they're trying to find a solution to a problem that um that the solution is not going to be just people getting arrested and going to jail that's not gonna that's not the solution <laughs> like yes we want to see people get their comeuppance or i don't want to say that we shouldn't say that because that's sort of revenge oriented we want to see people come to justice right but um that's not going to solve the issue
Um, do you think, uh, how, mu how much of that do you think uh, is because like civics is not as widely taught as it once was? Um, I mean, I would guess that it has a lot to do with it. I mean, I have not, I have not been in a public school in a really <laughs> long time, so I don't, <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like I was, I was pretty lucky growing up and going to school where I went, you know, learned the basics of how government works. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, but it, it seems like there is a disconnect somewhere. So, I mean, if that is where that's happening, then yes, that is that is a huge, <laughs> a huge problem. Um, it's really unfortunate that there are people that do not know the three branches of government. It's really unfortunate that Stephen there are King. people to poor Stephen King. God, I, and I just I, he's one of my favorite authors. And then he had to talk. Um, but, um, you know. It's uh, definitely, definitely, I, I, I guess uh, the education aspect has to have something to do with it. So something has gone awry, awry in the school system. <laughs> and I feel like it's also that people, um, uh, I, I think a lot of people like to be told things. They don't like to um, go and learn things, if that makes sense. Um, it, it, um and I understand that there can be blockades to that, but I also feel like that there are a lot of resources out there that are good resources, trustworthy resources um, that are pretty easily accessible. Um, but, you know, I think I think that there are a lot of people that that don't necessarily want to do all that. <laughs> so. I feel like if anything, the last like six years. Um, speaks to the need for schoolhouse rock to be rebooted yeah yeah maybe lavar burton will do that maybe he'll bring back schoolhouse rock that would that would be awesome um i know i just saw uh they are he is filming the pilot for a trivial pursuit um game show oh <laughs> Trivial Pursuit is like my favorite game. I'm terrible at it because I don't know anything, but right. <laughs> I love Trivial Pursuit. So we have come to the point in the show where um, I play a game with all of my guests. I have before me 15 random questions. Uh, some of them I found, some of them people have sent to me um, from various corners of the internet. Um, are you down to play? I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. First one. Are you a caller or a texter? Texter. What is <laughs> your... <laughs> <clears throat> what is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. Oh, God. Uh, um... I guess like I love I love I love Doritos. I don't I don't eat them often anymore, but if ever I want to treat myself, I'll tuck myself into bed and put on a movie and crack <laughs> open a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Just what's have your, a old time. What's your favorite flavor? My favorite Doritos flavor is spicy nacho. Now, if we're talking about Doritos Locos Tacos, um uh my favorite Doritos Locos Taco is the Cool Ranch. Uh, a lot of people are surprised by that. Uh, they think that they assume that it would be the, the nacho cheese uh, taco, but they would be wrong. 
I, I never got into like the Doritos Locos tacos because like it, they tasted stale to me. They tasted like stale Doritos. And I just, I, I couldn't, I was like, all right, I've tried it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll always try. I'll always definitely try any trash that comes out of a fast food restaurant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if aliens landed on earth tomorrow and offered to take you with them, um, would you go? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what what took you so long? I've been waiting for this since I was a child. Whitney or Mariah? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is a fair question. Um, I would, um, I really don't feel like I can put one above the other. However, I guess if I had to, because, because the holidays time like christmas time and christmas music is some of my favorite music ever so i i i i guess i would have to if that i would put that to be the one that would be the deciding factor and then it would have to go to mariah's because mariah wrote first of all of course all i want for christmas is you which is the modern day christmas classic there has not been another christmas song like that since it came out um and um you know just and that, yeah, so that would be the thing that would that would put her over the top for me. But like I said, they really are not. I can't r- tr- truly put one above the other. And if we're going to talk holiday, I'll, I will throw out there that that even um, my very favorite uh, Christmas holiday singer is uh, Karen Carpenter. Uh, oh, for yeah. me, nothing beats the Carpenter's Christmas album. The second I hear it's that time of year when I'm just like. Ah! I'm so excited. So I'm ready. And I mean, Merry Christmas, Darling is oh. the just most heartbreaking fucking Christmas song ever. It's so good. It's so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. I make myself wait until after Thanksgiving time to put on the Christmas music. Sometimes it's a struggle, but I just love it so. Um, If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Any fashion trend? <clears throat> oh, goodness. Uh... <laughs> um, I was just never fashionable growing up. I didn't, I didn't become fashionable until this year. So <laughs> this is, this is hard for me. Um, You know what? Let's bring back. Uh, there was a period of time in the late '90s, early 2000s, where like everyone bleached their hair. But there was this thing that I don't know if it was a, everywhere, but where I grew up, like there was a thing where like they called it Bambi spots. So if your hair was like shorter in the back, like um, you would still get your hair and highlight it, but like in the back, it would just be like spots, yellow dots. Oh and wow! They would call them Bambi spots. It was terrible, but I did it. So let's bring that back. <laughs> okay. Um, tequila or whiskey? Uh, te- uh whiskey to shoot. Um, uh, well, yeah. I mean, because that's what I do when I <laughs> am drinking on the job. Um, I can't. I. 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 I can't shoot tequila like I used to. 
I can't drink tequila like I used to. I don't know what it is. So, um, yes, but then I will definitely, uh, I would get a tequila cocktail, I think, over a whiskey cocktail. I do love me like an old-fashioned, um, but I, I love a good, I love a good margarita. I'm very basic. Or, um, or a, um, uh, what do they call it? Not a Moscow mule, but when it's with tequila, a Mexican mule. Is that what they call it? I think so. Yeah. Get one of those. Tequila sunrise. Oh, yeah. So I think in a cocktail, I'd say tequila, but straight up uh, it would be whiskey. Okay. What is a film that most people hated, but that you love? Ooh. Oh, um, (laughs) a film that most people hated, but that I love. I'm trying to think of like, badly rated films um i uh you know what i just watched uh the village last night m night Shyamalan's the village and i actually like that movie and i feel like most people did not (laughs) so (laughs) that could count i guess i could throw out there like i'm not I, i i um i will throw out there um i'm gonna get canceled for this cats i'm gonna throw that out there and The reason being is um, maybe people will take me more seriously if I put on an NPR voice. Uh, The reason being, um, I love the musical Cats uh, just as a musical. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun music. The dancing is is great. And while the movie itself is not a great movie, it was still for me. And it could have been the weed, but um, (laughs) I I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I couldn't stop smiling. I haven't watched it since I saw it in a theater, but I I did enjoy it. But that's, again, because I'm a basic musical theater bitch. So. But I mean, like the music in Cats is good. Like it's I, the music is good. You know but... what? That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> the music from Cats. Oh. Um, what is a film that you could watch over and over and never get tired of? There are so many. There are so many. Um, What's the, I guess the number one? The number one. I would say, um, because I have done it, and I, I'm going to count it as one film, is the extended Lord of the Rings trilogy. I can watch that. I could watch it every single day. I love that trilogy. Well, I mean, you would have to because it takes 72 hours to complete it. It I mean. takes 72 <laughs> hours to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Netflix or Hulu? Hulu. What's your favorite thing to watch on Hulu? Um, well, Hulu has MasterChef, which is one of my favorite uh, shows to watch. Me and my sister watch it uh, religiously. Um, so that's probably the biggest one. MasterChef is the Gordon Ramsay property, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Um, and then there's usually two other chef judges on it as well. Um. Oh, well. Hogwarts or Middle Earth? Middle Earth. I just feel like less transphobia there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, What is your favorite Christmas song? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas as sung by Judy Garland. Perfect. For Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes. (laughs) Um, If you had an extra $20 to spend on yourself and you had Mm -hmm. to spend it on yourself, yeah. What would you buy? 
I would probably, um, I'd spend it on food. I would probably get like, I'd probably just get like, I love buffalo wings. So I get some wings. Actually, you want to know what I would do? I would do, I would get a five, five dollars for five deal from Domino's and I would just live my life. I get like two medium pizzas, eat them both. Um, and, uh. Then I would have to make the tough decision of of whether or not to get the buffalo chicken side that they have or to get a two liter of soda. But I'd probably go with the buffalo chicken, I think. So that's what I'd spend the $20 on. I don't know if it would cover all of it, (laughs) (laughs) but I just dig through my couch for change (laughs) like a drug fiend. Um, Who is a celebrity that you would bring to a wedding as your date? Lady Gaga. I feel like she'd be fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She'd be a fun wedding date. And finally, if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which three do you keep? Okay. Can I look at my phone to see what apps are on here? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So, and I'm guessing these are not default apps, like apps that I've decided to install. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything, anything that came with the phone can stay. Okay. Probably I would have to keep my Venmo <laughs> for the money aspect. And I would keep... Uh... <laughs> I I guess I I I would probably keep um okay okay got it. I would keep the Venmo app for sure. I would keep my Google Photos app because it backs up photos automatically. So even if I have um on my my iPhone photos if I've deleted stuff on there cuz I often clear it out, it will still be in the Google Photos. So it's good to have to find old memes and gifs because that's how i communicate now um so that and then the last thing i would keep i'm gonna say would be my spotify for the you know the music okay those are those are good ones thank you (laughs) (laughs) so we have come to the end of the show um if you would like to leave our listeners with some words of wisdom or what you've got coming up if there's anything you'd like to plug um anybody you'd like to say hello to um uh, well hi mom first of all um yeah, um, well, I, I don't really have, have much. I would just thank you for asking me to do this. This was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, stay tuned for, for new musicals coming out. Very excited uh, to be writing some new stuff. And uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website, www.genrique.com. That's G with an E, not just a G, and then you spell Enrique. And... Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love everybody out there in the world and I hope everybody has a great uh, gobble gobble. Well, again, thank you 
thank you thank you so much for being here um i've i've had an absolute blast um this probably and don't tell anybody else i said this this has probably been my favorite um interview this season oh. so <laughs> thank you <laughs> it was a great time thank you so much it was If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.